Welcome to the Fierce Goddess Collective. From our hearts to yours, we share the gifts of beautiful goddesses to the world. Welcome, welcome, beautiful Kia, to our Glorious Fierce Goddess Collective podcast. It is a pleasure to have you with us today. Thank you for having me. I've been very much looking forward to hanging out with you both and getting to spend some time with you. Yay! Yeah, 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 absolutely. I have the the honour of introducing you and all the beautiful work that uh, you do and have created and the magic that you bring to the world. You are a spiritual director and you work in that story um, creation of vulnerable archetypes. That is your passion and how you bring that into this world, how you represent this through your visual representations, through your um, photo shoots, through your one-on-one sessions, like that is your magic and your creations. Mm. Thank you. Wow. I do love what I do. <laughs> it's a very special, this very special honour, honouring and offering that you share with people. Yes, and, yeah, it's an honour to have you here. Thank you. Yeah, it's beautiful. I can't wait to hear more. Can't wait so to share more. Let me, let me kick it off. So how would you describe yourself apart from what we've just heard and what is it that you do in everyday life? So I would definitely describe myself as being vulnerably, vulnerably visible um, and archetypal storyteller and how that shows up in my everyday life is usually by me sharing, you know, some really intimate and vulnerable parts of my life, um, usually the parts that I think people would um, feel a little bit uncomfortable about sharing. Um, at the moment, I've been speaking a lot about my mental health, um, which has been a big, I mean, it's been a lifelong um, experience, but it's really only been in the last year or so that it's come to the forefront of um, what I need to speak about and what I, I um, am getting medicine in sharing about. And, um, you know, if part of that is taking people along the journey with me. So mm-hmm. about a year ago, I mean, it all really kicked off um, when my kuro, my grandfather, passed away and there was a, you know, a, a consecutive amount of events that really kind of steamrolled me into a bit of a relapse with my mental health. I have a chronic illness that I've always known about, uh, but it has been somewhat stable for the last few years. And then coming with the the death of my grandfather, losing my home, losing most of my belongings in the Queensland floods, you know, there there was just a huge um, relapse that I've, I've kind of been initiated into. Um, And it felt really important for me to be vulnerable and visible with that uh, one, because that's just always been my medicine. I've always been that oversharer who airs their laundry on Facebook or something, <laughs> often in a rather toxic way that was quite harmful to myself and others. Um, but it, for me, that was always a way of getting things that were wreaking havoc internally out of my body. It was a very visceral, cathartic way of processing um, parts of my uh, human experience. And it feels important to me because, um, one, there's a huge stigma around mental health. You know, there's this idea that's been painted so beautifully in the films that we watch where, you know, someone who has mental health is dangerous, is a serial killer, is, you know, all of these different depictions that we see. Um, 
and there's not a lot of um, of influence where someone living with a chronic mental illness is actually being impactful or influential in a positive way. We don't see a lot of that. And yet there's so many people who do have chronic mental illness and are making a huge difference in the world um, because of and despite of, you know, both and. Um, so for me, it feels like important because it's it's a way of me to lead from my humanity um, and a way to to demonstrate that it's safe to be human. Um, you know, I think in the the spiritual world specifically, in the spiritual online space, there's this huge narrative that tells us that we have to be good vibes all the time, you know, love and light, and it really bypasses that actually there's a huge other part of our human experience that isn't all love and light, that isn't all high vibe. Um, so especially being someone as, a, you know, serving as a spiritual director, um, you know, I, for me it's important to be a full expression and representation of being a fully human spiritual director. Um, and, yeah, vulnerable visibility is, is how I uh, lead in that way. Um, and also having that capacity, like you you mentioned, um, Tosca, to be able to zoom out and, and look at archety- it archetypally and to be able to talk about it in a way that is both speaking to that human experience on a individual level but also zooming out on what that looks like collectively and how co- the collective um, consciousness and, and, and social constructs, like how it all contributes and feeds into that, which is something that I really quite enjoy doing and, and getting crafty with. So, mm. yeah. That's great <laughs> because a lot of people don't validate the fact that you actually can be down. Yeah. You no, know, yeah. it's not a bad thing. And because I know what you mean, when I'm in this space as well, people are like, raise your vibration, raise your vibration. Well, yeah, that's great. But sometimes I just want to sit there and be, yeah. you know, wellowing in my self-pity yes, and exactly. then I will pick myself up. But that's yeah, right. great validation. Great. Yeah, I think that's part of, you know, it's it's going the opposite end of bypassing these experiences that we have, which will often perpetuate them. And, and you know, the longer as long as we're saying, oh, my gosh, it's not safe for me to be in this low vibe because I'm not going to be able to manifest, Yeah, it's it, it just kind of makes that internal chaos exasperated. Whereas if we just actually acknowledged it and acknowledgement is such a big piece and the first start, first point, starting point of them being able to find acceptance of whatever it is that we're feeling, um, it's almost instantly that then that that rigidity or that density begins to dissipate if we're talking in the language of vibration. You know, those heavier vibrations will dissipate simply because we've had the humility and grace enough to say, hey, you're you're real. You're there. I can I can feel that there's some heaviness here and you know, really giving it a space of honor. And in doing so, I think that just initiates a process of it being able to untangle and dissipate and in a in a very um safe and um what's the word I'm looking for? Like it it's not maybe not instant, but it certainly starts that process of it being able to ease um so yeah thank you for mm. adding to that mm. that was great great <laughs> so how do you support women with vulnerable visibility <laughs> um so at the moment because i'm in this this phase of recovery what i'm calling it um it is 
I've really slowed my forward-facing service down so that it is safe for my own um, recovery as well as for the people that I work with. But when I have got a client I see every month and what we're really working on and, and how vulnerability comes into the piece in the way that we work together is we're bringing into the spotlight the things that she would wants to change, right? Usually when we're in this state of like there's parts of my behaviour, there's patterns of behaviour that keep on happening, that keep on cycling and I want them to change and I can't change them and we can get really stuck there and it can become, you know, this this collapsing in on ourselves and which looks like a bit of mental chaos and a bit of a lot of anxiety and overwhelm. And so how vulnerability comes into the piece with that is like, hey, let's have a look at these patterns and see if we can find space to love them today. Is there a capacity, even if it's only, you know, even if there's mostly shame attached to these experiences or guilt or, you know, whatever that denser sort of um, vibration or emotion is, is there space to, to alleviate some of that suffering today by finding ways to give that some love? And so what we're doing is we're really allowing these vulnerable emotions to be seen and we're allowing them to be visible in front of the person that I'm serving so that they can then, again, much like we're talking about, allow those those um, experiences to slowly unravel and dissipate. Um, and it's been a really beautiful um, exploration, specifically with this um, client who I've been working with for the last few months now, where it is such a slow and gentle process, uh, which I think speaks volumes to the way that I had previously um, worked with people where it's like, we come into these experiences, we come into especially doing the spiritual or, or energy work and we like, we want it to be fixed straight away, but that's not real life and it's not sustainable. Um, and I think it's that process of just being really slow and gentle that allows that sustainable change. And most of the time it's really just seeing this is a part of who I am. Do I have space to love that today? Like, I'm obsessed yeah. with love thy shadow. This is exactly what vulnerable visit visibility is, is looking at the parts of ourselves and learning how to increase our capacity to love and accept all of our parts. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. We're complex buggers, aren't we? We are. <laughs> and we're so fascinating. Like mm -hmm. it's, I get so, I'm not even a little bit obsessed. I'm largely obsessed with how <laughs> complex and nuanced we are. And, you know, there's no, but yeah, there's no no one of us who are the same, and yet we're all the same. Mm. Another beautiful paradox about reality. <laughs> it's just weird, isn't it? it? It's just weird. All right, so that leads me to the second one, uh, my second question. What is it that um, you would love to do that would bring you joy or you do do that brings you joy? Oh, my gosh, so many things. You Like this is, this is where my visionary is like, oh, my God, all of the things. <laughs> Um, uh, there's one, one, okay, let's talk to the big vision first. Um, because you know, there's, there's a vision Tosca would be familiar with this when we, we did the spiritual directorship together. Uh, you know, one of the big visions that I've always had get so excited about is, you know, I see this, whether it's a school or like a, a organization where people who perhaps are experiencing, um, you know, different expressions of mental health, um, or even, invisible illness it doesn't even have to be in, in, invisible but where they come together and and put together like performances like whether it be a dance or or 
um, a play or, you know, they're channeling their experience through creative expression. Like that for me is, you know, the where I would love to go to. And I'm, I'm taking um, a few steps towards that in more studies. I'm starting my psychology degree next month, which I'm very wow. excited about. Um, and the way that this this uh, bigger vision looks for me, like for me, is having a not-for-profit organisation that does support people to recover and to, to find that mm. self-acceptance and self-esteem through creative expression. Amazing. In the, the closer term vision of that, I feel like that's my photo shoots embodied. <laughs> um, I've got one coming up in December, which I'm super excited about. And basically what we're doing here again is vulnerable visibility. It's archetypal storytelling where we're looking at shadow archetypes is this theme. We're looking at parts of our unconscious or conscious. We may be very well of these patterns that are playing out in our lives and really giving them the space of honour to be seen. And we do that with body paint and I've got a beautiful collaborator, um, Fire Creations, who makes these gorgeous headpieces. You can see one kind of behind. Um, And we do a photo shoot and the, the photo shoot isn't, the only part of the experience, we also go on a couple of journeys to meet with these shadow archetypes to, to really see how they're playing out in our lives, what they're doing. Um, there's a bit of psychoeducation as to why this matters, why we're looking at our unconscious and what happens when we're able to, you know, see the science of why they're there and what they're doing and how they're playing out and what we can do with that, what that information, how that can empower us and, and you know, um, give us self-esteem to show up in our world, in our world exactly as we are shadows and all so yeah that's something that really brings me joy and I hope brings people joy who come and experience that too (laughs) sounds fabulous and I I can vouch for it because I've already done a photo shoot with you and it did bring lots of joy absolutely it was so much fun oh my I can't wait the last couple of have been cancelled because of COVID um so it's excited that it's finally happening and yeah it feels really good Awesome. So what are some of Kia's self-care and self-love practices? Movement. Movement. Yeah, I have to move. And I really always know when I'm kind of, especially with having a chronic illness, when I'm really low, that's when I don't want to move. And um, sometimes that means that I can only move for five minutes and I have to give myself grace enough like to, to, to do that and be that be enough. Um, so I'm currently almost finished a 200-hour aerial yoga therapeutics course, um, which is something that I'm really excited to integrate into my work as a spiritual director as well. Um, but that that movement piece is is so big, right? Like I, I don't know, I feel like a lot of the times, and especially now um, where a lot of my experience I'm paying more attention to the physiological senses rather than the mental Um and listening to what my body needs and and getting into the hammock provides so much intel for me it gives me like on a sensory basis it's really supportive of my nervous system um just cocooning and wrapping myself in it is just like oh everything just sort of melts out and it feels really good um but also helping me to to build more stability which is something that i'm actively seeking right now is that um, is that stability in the outer world, but also in the inner world? That is my body, um, and that movement piece is huge. And sometimes that movement is just intuitive, and just you know, 
free flowing and yeah, mm. putting some music on and that's that's probably my number one mm. way um, to love myself at the moment. <laughs> Beautiful. Awesome. And it, it brings in all that somatic embodiment, that feeling, sensing and, and listening yeah. and acknowledging the language of your body and the language of your soul. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And even learning about the science of that has been really cool too. Like learning about how, especially in when uh, using it as a therapeutic um, sort of modality, how it can help someone who might be experiencing some psychological distress to get inside their body again and recognising where they are inside of time and space um, because if they've been dissociated, they might be somewhere else. And Absolutely. like if there's pain in the body, they might have tapped out because they don't want to feel that pain or acknowledge that pain. Yeah. Um, so the movement is and in within the hammock offers that opportunity to come back inside of your body, mm. to acknowledge that maybe there is some pain and that's okay. And where is that pain? And what can we do to um, to bring more stability and mobility to that area to alleviate that pain? Um, so it's been it's been really interesting actually to sort of bring that even more into my practice coming out of the deep work that we've done yes. in the spiritual um, directorship. Yes. For me, bringing the body into the piece was a huge part of my integration. Um, so yeah, it's been it's been really profound actually to to mm. learn more about it. Mm. Mm, sounds like it absolutely. <laughs> so what's your biggest learning so far here? There's you've done so much learning still continuing yes. on but what's can you pinpoint one or I guess the biggest lesson for me at the moment is integration is a slow process right. <laughs> um, integration has been my theme for this year every year I give myself a theme and integration has been the theme um, and part of that integration is going slow and that's been really chat like this is whole entire neural networks that I'm learning yes. for me to be able to integrate yes. so I'm like I've all, I remember going through my training with the Institute for Intuitive Intelligence when I was doing the intuitive um, trainer program and you know one of the some of the feedback was learn to walk before you run and I'm like fuck that I'm already past the finish line like you guys need to catch up <laughs> Uh, so yeah, in actual fact, <laughs> it's been slowing right down. <laughs> and I think even the archetypal experience of having this relapse has really supported me to slow yes. right down. Like my nothing within my system is allowing me to go any faster than a crawl right now. <laughs> um, but it's been just that's that's for me, it feels sustainable. Like this is a new pace and, and yes. a new um way of being that yeah it, it is it's been a huge lesson I'm still learning it's so divine and the journey of all of that and what I'm getting and this is leading us to our next sort of question point is this is being led I'm feeling not only by your body but by your intuition yeah yes mm. yeah absolutely um, and I think that's been a real landing for me. That's been a real huge piece in this integration um, where, you know, even when my mood is low or my cognition is low, you know, the, the intu my intuition is saying, 
what does my body right now need? And it feels like I'm in this this phase of biological um, and physiological intuition where I'm like that that real embodied intuition, mm-hmm. somatic intuition, whatever you want to call that. Like it's yeah. allow my body is the informer. My body is the the whisper that's saying, okay, you need to, to rest or, okay, you know, you've got this is happening for you. And it's been, it's been a real journey of, of trusting that mm-hmm. um, because I think for the most part, the way that my intuition has always guided me has been very um, cosmic. Yes. <laughs> it's been very, um, you know, it's been very spiritual, whereas this feels very physical. And I think that's part of where my intuition has been guiding me the last few months, even the last year is, as much as we are energy first, physical second, we are experiencing this reality physical first. Yes. And that's where it's it's almost like a beautiful paradox where that that physical sensation, that physical intuition is saying, okay, so what's deeper than that? And that's when we go and look at the energy and inform it. So it's it's been a very interesting exploration of intuition and how I'm I'm uh being guided by my intuition and yeah right now it's all very very physiological intuition just mm. super interesting <laughs> very very absolutely mm. yeah. Yeah. Well, i'm gonna go off on a different tangent now cool do you have a favorite goddess and why <laughs> i have a couple of different favorite goddesses and i feel like they both are within the death archetype um you know we've got Kali Ma. Who I really love. She's that initiator of death, if you will. She's that, you know, she's the destructor who burns down anything that's no longer sustainable. Yeah. Um, but there's also, I also really love and probably work more consciously with Hecate, who I feel is more like that guide through death. She's that goddess yeah. who, you know, you've, you've made Carly Ma has come in and rained down her fire and burned everything to the ground and you're left like, oh, am I? And then Hecate is like, here, darling, we're at the crossroads now. And and she's that, yeah, that 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 guide, <laughs> the guide through the death phase. Um, both have, uh, have very big um, places, especially in the last 12 months. I feel like they've been very present in my physical experience. Um and yeah, there's just there's just so much in them. I keep I constantly come back to them. Um, yeah, that's yeah. great. That's my goddess. Hecate is my goddess. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. She's... As soon as you said that, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> yay! Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Yeah, I would love to have. I've got one black dog at the moment. Her name is Shadow. Um, but I would like to have two more because Hecate had three dogs. <laughs> you got to have the only reason. That's the yeah. only reason I want lots of dogs. <laughs> perfect, perfect. So, dear glorious sister, what are you celebrating at the moment? I am celebrating, I don't know, I feel like, something that I feel like I should be celebrating is my full humanness and being willing to be fully expressed in my humanness. Um, I don't know why, but that just feels like it feels, again, coming, you know, Tosca, you, you know me so well. I, think I do. Coming from, <laughs> coming from being this cosmic visionary who's, you know, can so easily tap into the biggest easily. vision effortlessly. And then really coming down into really grounding that and um, into 
a human expression. Like that feels so big for me. And yeah, I feel like that's a, a big celebration point. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's absolutely. Absolutely. That's I, phenomenal. That's just I, like yes. happy birthday. I called my journey with the um with the visionary, the manic visionary to the pragmatic visionary. <laughs> I love it. That's so good. That I is so it. good. Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> just beautiful. Yeah. Toska, you can finish off. I think I get the feeling I just need you to do it. Absolutely. No worries. So from our hearts to yours, Kia, we would like to say our sincere gratitude and thankfulness to you. It has been an absolute magical conversation. It has inspired us. It has delighted us. We've learned from you, beautiful spiritual director today. So may you be happy. May you always be well. And may you know you are always loved, dear goddess. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. Yeah, it's been an absolute privilege and it's been a real joy to uh, to get to come and share this space with you so thank you so much for inviting me (laughs) oh you're welcome it was lovely to meet you yes you too i'll keep (laughs) following you around on the interwebs (laughs) (laughs) thanks thank you dear goddesses if you love this fierce goddess collective podcast please remember to like share and subscribe And if you want some more information on our special guest today, all the links can be found down below. And remember, goddesses, stay fierce.